Thank you for downloading this podcast of Andy's Movie Mashup from GFM 107.1. For rights reasons, the music has been removed, so it's just me talking. Enjoy. Oh yes, that was that was a banger, wasn't it? That was uh, uh, Jefferson Airplane with White Rabbit. That's from the soundtrack to Platoon. Welcome to another movie mashup on uh, GFM 107.1. Uh, it's customary f- for me to say at this moment that I may have peaked, but looking down my playlist, oh no, I haven't this week. So uh, that's good. Um, on the show this week, going to be talking about Tully, uh, which is a movie with um, Charlize Theron. And Mackenzie Davis, that came out earlier this year. Also, um, Ghost Stories, um, co-written by Jeremy Dyson, one of the writers of The League of Gentlemen. And finally, a little film called Deadpool 2 that came out earlier this year. You may have heard of it. Um, Watched that uh, recently. We're talking about that on the show as well. Plus, movies are on TV this weekend. What's on at local venues... Um, some DVD picks. Uh, there's a new Good Robert and his podcast. We're talking all about that. You've waited long enough for another one. So there's another one out now. Uh, but first, some more music. This is actually we got. I realised as I was compiling this uh, playlist this week, there's two movies in the uh, in the um, TV movies section that are by Martin Scorsese. I'm going to be playing tracks from them right now. Uh, so first up, we've got uh, The Stones with a track called Tell Me. And this is from Mean Streets. I'm just thinking that was aggressively middle of the road. That was uh, Jackson Brown with a track called Late for the Sky. That is from the soundtrack uh, to A Taxi Driver. And before that was the Stones with a very early Stones song called Tell Me. That is uh, from the soundtrack to Mean Streets. So a couple of couple of tracks there from um, Martin Scorsese films. You know, he likes to curate his own uh, scores. Okay, so first movie this week is Tully. It's a 2018 American comedy drama film directed by Jason Reitman and written by Diablo Cody. The film stars Charlie, Charlize Theron, Mackenzie Davis, Mark Duplass and Ron Livingston and follows the friendship between a mother of three and her nanny. It is the fourth collaboration between Reitman and Cody following Juno from 2007, Jennifer's Body from 2009 and Young Adult from 2011 the last of which also starred Thron. So the film premiered at the 2018 Sundance Film Festival and was released in the United States uh, in May, so about the, about the same time in this country. Um, it received positive reviews from critics, praising Thron and Davis's performances and the film's portrayal of parenthood. So you may remember this coming out back uh, sort of early summer, so late spring, early summer, um, at a box office 15.6 million a nice lean running time of 96 minutes which is always welcome uh, so the plot is is that Marlo uh, played by Charlie Thron is a relatable mother of two children and she is pregnant with an unplanned third child Jonah her son has a developmental disorder that doctors have been unable to diagnose and she uses the will barger protocol to brush his skin and attempt to reduce his sensitivity when Marlowe and her husband drew visit her wealthy brother craig's house played by mark duplass he offers to pay for a night nanny as a baby shower gift but Marlowe rebuffs him she does initially rebuff him but when when their baby arrives um bear in mind that her other children are somewhat older 
um, and she is doing the majority of the childcare, she realises that she is absolutely exhausted. And, if, you know, if you've been a new parent, um, or even if, you know, if you've had, like, many children and um, you remember how tiring it is with a new baby, um, she is completely exhausted. Uh, so she um, uh, she takes up the offer of the night nanny. The night nanny, nanny arrives. She is called Tully and played by Mackenzie Davis. And she kind of just takes charge, just takes the responsibility of looking after the baby and um, also doing things like cleaning and making cupcakes and being generally pretty amazing around the house, uh, leaving Marlo to um, rest. And, and uh, you know, she sort of gets her life back on track because of this. Um, and as their relationship carries on, it appears that, you know, maybe there's, uh, you know, maybe that um, Tully is, uh, um, how can I say this without spoiling anything? But it, it, maybe that she, uh, she's a lot like Marlowe in many ways. I'd just say that, you know, that the, they kind of share, they're kindred spirits, I would say. And they kind of bond over that. Um, and, um, the, you know, this film is, you know, it's definitely a, a comedy drama. You know, I think that Charlie's thrown is uh, an actress who doesn't get enough credit for being funny. Um, I thought she was very funny in um, Gringo, which is the movie with um, David Oyelowo and Joel Edgerton, which I thought was a, not a great film, but I, I thought Charlie Swan was very funny in that. You know, acerbically funny, but still funny. Good comic timing and all that. And here she delivers some truly great lines, uh, particularly when... Uh, she is out uh, trying to get back in shape. She's out running and she sees, you know, sort of a younger woman overtake her. So she decides she's not having any of that. She overtakes the young woman and then collapses in a heap. And um, uh, she is, uh, there are big patches on her shirt. And the young woman says, are you okay? And looks at her shirt and she says, no, it's okay. I make milk now. And um, that was very well delivered. Better than I, better than I just delivered it. You know, it's... Um, it's funny. Um, so um, I watched this with my wife. We really, really enjoyed this. It, um, it, 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 it delves into some, uh, you know, dark places about new parenthood, but uh, offers up a ray of light, I suppose, for people who may be thinking that um, hope, all hope is lost. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 87% rating, and it says... It delves, sorry, they use that word, I just used it, but they used it, uh, into the modern parenthood experience with an admirably deft blend of humour and raw honesty brought to life by an outstanding performance by Charlize Thron. Yeah, it is a good performance, but Mackenzie Davis is also very good in it. Um, and it's rated 15. So if you didn't see this, it didn't um, have a great box office, so maybe not enough people saw it. Highly recommend it if you didn't see it. It's very, very good. It's very funny and uh, very insightful wow that was rather good wasn't it that was uh, Beulah Bell I think that's the correct pronunciation with their version of You Only Live Twice and before that was The Velvet Underground with a track called Ride Into The Sun which I haven't previously heard those are both from the soundtrack uh, to a movie called Tully that I talked about just before that um, I think that version of You Only Live Twice is now my favourite version which is interesting um, okay so next movie is a movie called Ghost Stories it's a 2017 
<clears throat> British horror film written and directed by Andy Nyman and Jeremy Dyson, adapted from their stage play. It stars Nyman reprising his role from the play with Paul Whitehouse, Alex Lawther and Martin Freeman in supporting roles. So the film uh, premiered at the London Film Festival last October and was released in the UK on the 6th of April 2018 this year. Um, uh, So yes, uh, directed by Andy Nyman and Jeremy Dyson, written by Nyman and Dyson, starring Andy Nyman, Paul Whitehouse, Alex Lawther and Martin Freeman. Um, So yeah, came out earlier this year based on their play. Uh, running time of 98 minutes, which again is not, not outstanding as welcome, although I will come on to that in a moment. Uh, had a box office of 3.9 million. I doubt that this had a very wide release. So, the, the story begins in 1979, and Philip Goodman's strict Jewish father threw his sister out of the family for dating a South Asian man. And as an adult, Goodman is lonely and single. He is also a well-known professor and television presenter whose show is devoted to debunking fraudulent physics. Psychics, sorry, not physics. Which he regards as his life's work in order to stop people's lives being ruined by superstition the way his family's were. And he receives an invitation to visit a famed 1970s paranormal investigator, Charles Cameron, who inspired him as a boy but who has been missing for decades and is now living in a caravan, sick and impoverished. The old man asks him to investigate three incidents of supposedly real supernatural ghost sightings. So that's the setup. Um, the, the central character of um, uh, Philip Goodman is yeah, he's a debunker. He's uh, I suppose a, a slightly more acerbic, uh, maybe a an amalgamation of. I forget. I forget the name of the um, TV journalist who used to debunk and uh, get in people's faces. Something Cook, wasn't Robin Cook? Maybe it was Robin Cook. Um, an, an amalgamation of him and Darren Brown. You know, sort of a yeah. You seek to pull the curtain back and show what's actually going on. But he is asked to investigate these three incidents by his childhood idol. So he goes get He goes ahead and does that. So the first person he interviews is. Uh, Paul Whitehouse, who tells him about an incident that happened to him uh, in an abandoned asylum. Uh, then he interviews Alex Lawther, um, who people might remember he played uh, the young Alan Turing in the imitation game, very fine actor. Uh, and he describes an incident that happened to him when he was alone in the woods in a car one night and something weird happened. And then finally, uh, he goes to speak to Martin Freeman about uh, an incident that happened to him in his own home. Um, And then those three things come together. So I was expecting this to be, uh, you know, sort of Hammer Horror-esque. And I suppose it is in a way, but um, I had some issues with this film in that although there are a couple of scenes which are genuinely scary, uh, there's not enough of them. And it kind of rambles, and I'll come on to the running time. 98 minutes, you think that would go pretty snappily, but actually it doesn't. It drags in places, and you think, okay, well, when's something going to happen? Um, yeah, it's, um, it's good in parts, but there's not enough. There's not enough goodness in it, I would say, 
Uh, I think it's fine. I, I think that there are um, there are better sort of um, uh, horror compendiums. Most notably, uh, I think both Hara Horror, sorry, Hammer Horror and Amicus produced uh, this kind of film back in the fifties and sixties. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes. It's described as a, an anthology of creepy supernatural tales in the intensely English tradition of amicus portmanteau movies from the 60s. And they also say it offers a well-crafted, skillfully told horror anthology that cleverly toys with genre, genre tropes while adding a few devilishly frightful twists. They gave it 82%, which I think is kind. Um, and uh, we've had some correspondence from Dean Mortlock who says... The performances were great, and I thought some of the twists worked very well, but sadly it just wasn't scary enough. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That is a good point about the performances. They are very good. So um, it all feels very grounded. It all feels very real. But ultimately, <clears throat> it comes off feeling... Uh, I don't know if you remember, there was a TV series during the 70s, maybe early 80s, Hammer House of Horror, I think it was called. Um... And each episode was, I think, like an hour long. And this feels like three of those episodes put into a movie, um, but three of maybe the weaker ones. Because actually some of those Hammer House of Horror episodes were pretty good and pretty scary. Uh, this, I don't think, is all that good, which is a shame. Because I think there's a lot of talented people involved in it, and um, it deserves better, really. And it's rated 15. Well, there we go. I really enjoyed listening to that when I was a kid. But actually hearing it now, it's not all that good, is it? That was um, Bobby Wolfman, I think, Pickett, with the Monster Mash. That is from the soundtrack to uh, Ghost Stories that I talked about just before that. Okay, final movie this week is Deadpool 2. It's a 2018 American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character Deadpool. Distributed by 20th Century Fox, it is the 11th installment in the X-Men film series and a direct sequel to the 2016 film Deadpool. The film is directed by David Leach from a script by Brett Reese, Paul Wernick and Ryan Reynolds, with Reynolds starring in the title role alongside Josh Brolin, Marina Baccarin, Julian Dennison from um, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, Wilder People, uh, Zazie Beetz, TJ Miller, Brianna Hildebrand and Jack Kesey. In the film... Deadpool forms the team X-Force to protect a young mutant, played by Dennison, from the time-travelling soldier Cable. So, there you go. That's simple enough, isn't it? That's, um, yes, indeed, sequel to uh, Deadpool from 2016, which um, I talked about on this show. And I think I said that it was, uh, although it is funny, it's not half as funny as it thinks it is. Um, but can this movie do any better. I mean, it's not as if it you know, made lots and lots of money, Deadpool. It doesn't mean people like me to say that it's not as good as it thinks it is. Um, is this any better? Uh, so, uh, the movie starts with um, a tragedy, which I won't talk about, that then drives the plot for, for some of the time. Um, but what actually is driving the plot is that there's a young mutant played by Julian Dennison who is um, sort of generate fire and uh, he is being hunted by time-travelling mercenary Cable who's played by Josh Brolin who also played Thanos in um, Avengers, Avengers Infinity War which is, I suppose, meta-amusing. Um, 
And uh, what we have here is a series of set pieces uh, intercut with some, what I thought was extremely funny dialogue, uh, good sight gags. I think that the uh, comedy writing in this is better than the first movie. Um, and I think that this film is as funny as it thinks it is. Uh, there were several moments in this where I laughed out loud or went, oh, no, that's not good. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, the plot is kind of superfluous, but I think what, what this brings to it is um, the X-Force, uh, who include Terry Crews and um, the aforementioned Zazie Beetz and uh, uh, Monica Hildebrand, who plays Negasonic Teenage Warhead and uh, um, Colossus as well from the, from the previous movie. That's a lot of fun. So that, that sort of brings extra characters into the mix. Um, and this movie definitely needs those extra characters because I think Deadpool, largely on his own, uh, particularly in the last movie where his main foil was played by Ed Skrine, who didn't, for me, make a very believable villain. Uh, in this case, we have uh, Julian Dennison, who's very amusing, a potty-mouthed little kid. And, of course, Josh Brolin is always solid in everything that he does and certainly is here as well um i think it um it's made i think this movie is maybe less genre defying than the last one and more straight down the line in that it's trying to kind of humanize deadpool trying to give him emotions and feelings and and uh, some people have complained about that and said that maybe he doesn't need to be like that he needs to be cynical and alone and those kinds of things but I think that doesn't drive the character forward in film terms, and you've got to mix it up and make and um, you know give him people to to allegedly care about. Um, Ryan Reynolds on fantastic form once again. Uh, I think he's he. This is a this is a role that he was born to play. He's fantastic in it. Um, the aforementioned support from um, uh, Josh Brolin is good. Julian Julian Dennison is terrific. Apart from that, I think that, you know, uh, with, with the exception of Zazie Beetz, who plays a character called Domino, who is um, interesting, I think apart from that, um, the supporting characters kind of blend into the background a bit. Also, Eddie Marzan has a um, an interesting turn as a hospital administrator, shall we say. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's I think it's more fun than the first movie. I think it's still too long. So it is 119 minutes. Oh, actually, I watched the super duper cut, so that is uh, two hours and 15 minutes long, which I felt was too long. I think that um, maybe the two hour cut would have been more welcome. This one felt a little bit baggy around the edges. Um, I think that uh, it's definitely better than the first movie. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a rating of 83% which says, although it threatens to buckle under the weight of its meta gags, Deadpool 2 is a gory, gleeful lampoon of the superhero genre buoyed by Ryan Reynolds' undeniable charm. Yeah, all true. Um, I think that it's a better movie than the first movie. I think that it deals with the subject of um, breaking the fourth wall better than the first movie did. I think it's kind of settled down a bit, really. That's what I would say. I think the first movie wasn't half as clever as it thought it was, but this one maybe is as clever as it thinks it is. And it's rated 15. And I liked it a lot. I'd probably watch it again, because there's so many gags in it, I'm pretty sure I missed some. DVD picks. 
quite a lot out this week, actually. So the aforementioned Deadpool 2 uh, on Chesil Beach is, has also been released on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, has, has, as has Entebbe and uh, Apostasy. So those, so some of those things that are, are screening at Strode are also available to watch at home, should you so wish to. Okay, news about the Good Robot Andes. Um, there's a new podcast out right now. Uh, in which we count down the uh, 30 best horror movies of the 20th century, as chosen by me and others. It's going to see um, what we've done so far. Uh, so far we have done Gremlins, Near Dark, Altered States, Hellraiser, The Blair Witch Project, Jacob's Ladder, Nosferatu, Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956, and The Wicker Man, not the Nicolas Cage version, sadly, although we do talk about that. Uh, so that's what we've done so far. Uh, we're up. We're up to date. Uh, we've done thirty through to twenty-two. Uh, so the next one will be twenty-one through to nineteen. What will they be? Who knows? You're going to have to tune in or subscribe to the Good Robot Andes and find out if you so wish to. That's almost a show. What should you watch this weekend? I think you should probably um, uh, check out On Chesil Beach um, or even Deadpool Two if you're fancying something really dumb and stupid and, and entertaining. Uh, I think I'm probably probably going to be watching on Chesil Beach this weekend. That's the show. Thank you very much for listening. Time to hand over to Ian. Thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast from GFM 107.1. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at Cockers underscore 97 and on my Facebook page, which is Andy's Movie Mashup.